1: Offer valid on select AK systems that's through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: This is
0: the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on
2: Steelers.com. You know what's interesting? What's that, Tom? This line keeps coming back down to earth for Steelers and Saints. It opened up around like three, three and a half. Now I'm looking at it. Steelers plus one and a half. Getting closer and closer to even, closer and closer to a pick'em. I think it probably holds at that one and a half, maybe one point margin right there. But I was a little shocked, like we said on Wednesday's show. Shocked. I feel shocked that the Saints were a three point favorite over the Steelers on a short week. With the Steelers coming off of yeah. a bye, and both teams having the exact same amount of losses on the season, yes. so it's not even like the Saints are some six and three team that's coming into hi- or, ooh, that's coming ooh. into Acreshore Stadium to face off against the Steelers, and you are like, yeah, they should be a four or five point favorite even on a short week because they're that just that much better of a team. I don't see that at all in this, so it's making a little bit more sense to me that it's coming back down to earth because honestly, I think a lot of the public money, and this would be a, a sign of that, with the mm-hmm. line coming back towards the Steelers. Uh, they thought that was a little bit too much to lay down if you're going to bet on the Saints. So there was a lot of money coming in on the Steelers with all those points. I mean, three points at home for a team coming off a bye is a lot in the NFL, even if you're a bad NFL team. So I, I think that people were just coming hard on the Steelers for the past couple of days, and it's been driving that line down to kind of maybe where it should be because I I do believe it resides at a pick 'em. Honestly, maybe the Steelers. As Should a be a little favor, slight favorite. Yeah. One and a half point in the Steelers' direction.
1: I have a question, and I, I assume I know the answer, but you're the betting guy of, the, of this duo, so I know you would know the answer. Even if line changes, when you make your bet, you bet it on the line that day, right? If the line changes, oh, your yeah, bet like doesn't you get change. your bet,
2: if you got... Steelers plus three on like Tuesday. Yeah, you get plus. Yeah, three. okay, that's right. That's right. You I lo- that's, why so you're thinking- it, that's why they call it locking it in. You yeah. lock it in. That's why it's advantageous to grab some lines early. Something early, like you'll get wonky ones that'll be like a touchdown. So maybe
1: we should start doing our triple plays on on Mondays. Y- nope. <laughs> Disagreed. <laughs> uh, because yeah, you- we don't even bet on. <laughs> that's just us.
2: Oh, oh, sh- hey, hey. So I I'm not surprised that the line's starting to come down to earth, but. Dude, vibe check. I think they're going to win this game. Steelers, you know, the Steelers, I mean, I think are going to win this game.
1: Thank you for that clarification because it wasn't so clear considering how topsy-turvy this line has been. I I, I hope they win. You know, this team needs some kind of get-right mode or get-right game for them. Not to say that you got to turn around like Deontay Johnson saying, oh, I think there's still a chance that this team is going to make it to the playoffs. But – it always helps to win to instill that confidence, and like we've said week after week, the most important thing of this team this season, the most important priority or goal, is to make sure Kenny Pickett looks better and better week by week. And what's going to feel good for Kenny? Getting that win. He's got one win under his belt, and he didn't even he didn't even finish the game of which the Steelers won. Remember, it was Mitch Trubisky who closed out that game with a touchdown drive resulting with a Chase Claypool touchdown, and then closing out the the last drive of the game with a six-minute um, time killer. That was Mitch. That wasn't Kenny. So I bet you Kenny, Pickett more so than anyone, is really out there being the guy to say, God, I want to play a full 60 minutes, and I want to win a game. Well, looking at some of the guys that might not be able to make it onto the field. There's going to be a lot Steelers. on They're, both sides I of the think, ball.
2: I don't know if a lot's the right term, but it's a pretty riddled injury report for a team coming off of a bye and. I mean, let's start with the big news. Chris Boswell heading to Mm -hmm. IR with a groin injury. That's at least four weeks that he'll be without the Steelers. And Matthew Wright, old friend, signed from Kansas City's practice Mm -hmm. squad, will come in and do the kicking. You know, sometimes I think people think that that's kind of a minuscule kind of thing. But when you have a kicker as elite as Chris Boswell, that can really change things for a team.
1: It could lose you or win you a game.
2: Especially when your games are all... like. Take the Bills game, take the Eagles game out of the equation. Even the Browns game for some degree because it got kind of ugly late. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you've been in every game you've played in. You kind of need a place close. kicker to help you stay close in the game. And let's not lie, or, or sugarcoat it, he's been a busy guy this year. You know, There's been yes. some drives that have stalled out in opponent's territory where Chris Boswell's had to bail him out and get at least three points on the board. So we will be interesting to see how Matthew Wright does in his spot. I will say this, though. Mm. It's a lot better to have your kicker go on injured reserve when you're a 2-6 and six team than when you're a 6-2 and two team. <laughs> I would be panicking a lot more if they were, like, right there in the AFC North race.
1: Right. This is kind of—the <clears throat> Steelers were a decent team last year, right? They finished with a, a winning record. And how many of those came down to game-winning drives or game-tying drives by Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, they had a winning record, but a lot of it came due to the the— reliability of Chris Boswell so if you're going to continue to play teams close you're going to need a kicker who you can rely upon and let's not forget let's not sugarcoat it either Tom a lot of the field goals that boss has kicked have been north of 50 yards because as you said they get about 20 to 30 yards on offense and then they kind of stall out and they get to about the opponent's 40-yard line, they can't get past it. So that results in a long field goal that's asked of by Chris Boswell. And as you mentioned, he's one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history, and he's capable of making those kicks, but not every kicker can do that. Matthew Wright has had a decent NFL career, but certainly not as reliable or as accurate as Chris Boswell is. So if, if the offense is going to continue to stall out after 30 or 40 yards, Matthew Wright's going to have to really be active, and it it could lead to uh, maybe a missed field goal here and there, and Tomlin having to say, well, I'm on the 40-yard line. Do I really want to just miss another field goal? Like, I might have to go for it. Now, if you were looking forward
2: to seeing the new acquisition of William Jackson III in the secondary, I unfortunately think you're going to have to wait at least another week. Uh, Our good buddy and colleague Jerry Dulac reporting, that it doesn't look promising that William Jackson will be available with that back injury for his Steelers debut. That's a little upsetting. Kind of feels like, did we just get some damaged goods maybe? Did we just get Mm. one pulled over on us by the commanders? Although I'm sure that the team doctors for the Steelers did their due diligence before Before the trade was made. Before getting him into into Pittsburgh. at least. But maybe it's just a minor thing and you have to keep him out a week here or there, but... Man, we talked about on Monday's show things we're looking forward to the second half of the season, and one of ours was a defensive back emerging, not necessarily as a number one shutdown, I'm Sauce Gardner type corner, Mm -hmm. but at least a number two. Another body, at least someone, as I termed it on Countdown to Kickoff. At least someone that you're comfortable with having their head pop up on Sunday Night Football and telling you what college they went to. Mm -hmm. A legit starter needs to emerge from this group, and absolutely, I thought William Jackson III, despite being 30 years old and having a disappointing career for a first-round pick to this point, definitely had some potential to, you know, not be Joe Hayden, but maybe Joe Hayden light, be a number two that's very serviceable on the outside when you bump Cam Sutton in on the inside. So, disappointing that we have to wait at least another week to see if he, you know, can have his imprint felt more in the Pittsburgh organization than it ever was in Washington.
1: Yeah, for sure. And when you bring in a guy like William Jackson, you want to get him acclimated to playing with the team as early as possible. You want him to have that exposure to better receivers, right? I think if you look at the Saints wide receiver core in depth, it doesn't really look that intimidating. And so maybe that could lead to an easier day for William Jackson Get him more comfortable so that he has a game under his belt before the very next week he's going up against. There won't be any Jamar Chase, but Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and Joe Burrow throwing the ball, right? I mean, you, you'd much rather your first game with a new team be Andy Dalton throwing the ball to only one Chris Olave rather than Joe Burrow throwing the ball to T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd. And also looking at the secondary, you've got Levi Wallace, who was a full
2: participant with his shoulder. So he's going to play. Mm-hmm. And Akella Witherspoon still did not practice with that hamstring. So right. up in the air if his status is going to be okay. But, you know, that was Thursday's practice report. We record this before Friday's practice on a Friday. So not sure what his status is going to be. I would be very shocked if he went from a DNP to an FP or even maybe even a limited practice at this point. I. I think you might be without Spoon and Jackson the third in that secondary this week. Uh, Jackson the third for sure. Spoon, I guess, has a little bit of a shot to still make it onto the field.
1: Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. But I agree with you, Tom. When your secondary at this point has had a <clears throat> average to maybe a slightly disappointing season, given the the splash plays uh, that have occurred against them mainly so against Buffalo and against Philadelphia, you would hope that you can get as many people back in there. And even though a Witherspoon may not be having as promising of a season as it was for him at the end of last year, that's still a guy that you want to go to. That's still a guy that knows the team well and, and has a good relationship with the rest of the secondary. So to be down but by one, not just one, but two guys who could be significant contributors on the football field for you, is really a huge blow. When, If, if you have both of them, this really could have been, a, I think, an easy victory for the Steelers in terms of defending against the pass.
2: Malik, or excuse me, Miles Jack did not practice again on Thursday with a knee. Now, I'm worried about the secondary for sure because, mm-hmm. you know, that's... Been, I think, honestly, maybe a little more shaky at the cornerback position than the inside linebackers. But this is a game where you need Miles Jack maybe more than any game because of the dude (laughs) dude you're trying to stop and Alvin Kamara. And even with Miles Jack at 100%, that's tough for any inside linebacker to do. So if it's Robert Spillane getting a lot of the snaps and it's between him and Bush having to stop 41, uh, I don't think you're going to see 41 on 41. I don't think you're going to see the kind of performance you saw from Kamara against the Ravens on Monday night when he barely touched the ball. Uh, they had no, guys like I, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen <clears throat> helping out with him at that point. I see that probably trending in a different direction if it's Bob Spillane and and Devin Bush getting the majority of the the play against Alvin Kamara. And at that point, you kinda have to adjust, I think, if Jack's out. absolutely you gotta bring Edmonds down more. You gotta yeah. bring Snack that you got to bring Minka yeah. down more and Tell them to take Kamara. If you see Kamara line up in the slot, you know, put Sutton on him. Make sure that Minka goes over and gets on him. You you can't really ever end up with a 41-on-41 matchup because that's just going to be, like, you remember the Keenan Allen game a couple years ago when 41 kept ending up on him in the slot? last year. last year. And it was uh, just—I know that that's a little bit more extreme because Allen's a legit wide receiver— Kamara's not far off though as no. far as a, as a running. In terms back of goes. capable receiver,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, sure he lines up behind the quarterback, but we know over the past couple of years how dangerous he can be in the passing game, and I completely agree with you. And the Saints would it would be coaching malpractice on the Saints part if if they pay attention, which they surely will do, to the Steelers injury report and see that Miles Shaq not be available to the Steelers and not take advantage of that because <clears throat> Miles Jack is the Steelers' best option in terms of containing Alvin Kamara, and if he's if he being Miles Jack is not available, the Saints have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, well, we were pretty foolish not to use Alvin Kamara last week against the Ravens, only, what, 14 carry, something like that? We need to at least double that carry or, or touches uh, number for him because whoever will be guarding him obviously won't be the Steelers' number one guy that they that they would have planned or would have liked to have on Camara so really the Saints if 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 Miles Jack is not available the Saints it's pretty clear how they can <clears throat> take advantage of a de- of a depleted Steelers defense with Alvin Kamara at their disposal and one last uh,
2: injury of note on the Steelers side of things right now Larry Ogunjobi Limited practice Mm -hmm. on Thursday with his knee injury. That's an upgrade from not practicing on Wednesday. Yes. Hopefully you see a full practice on Friday and that Larry will be good to go. Uh, we'll do an episode about this probably once the season's wrapped up. But Steelers that are on their last year or only signed a one year deal that earned another contract. Lario is one of those guys. He might be at the top of the list. I think it's him and Edmonds right now in my mind that are two guys that I put one A, one B. Is bring those guys back. They. Oh, uh, you're, t-
1: you're talking about you're talking about guys who are their contract is up after. Yeah, this like they year. could okay, play okay, for another yeah, team yeah, next year but for I, sure.
2: I want them back on this team, and yeah, Lario has just proven to me that. If he can stay healthy, and this injury to his knee, if he comes back and plays against the Saints and hopefully plays the rest of the year, it's, it's one game missed. That's You can live with that for a guy who plays in the trenches. It's not like the Liz Frank injury that kept him out of Chicago on a massive yes. three-year deal. So it, it looks like he's healthy-ish to the point where he can avoid the big season-ending injury, and he has fully recovered from that injury that he suffered last year. And you've seen it show up in games. I, I thought he was dominant against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I, I think that... You look at the Steelers' run defense, and although it's not great, it ain't close to the worst in the league anymore. And I think Larry O has a good bit of of credit to Mm. get passed on to his shoulders for that. So I think Larry O being back just helps everybody kind of gel on that defensive Mm. line. And you know I know Adams and Wormley have had to step in and step up, but right. you want those guys playing that third, fourth, fifth fiddle, and Lario allows you to do that. You got a big two with Lario and and, yeah. and Hayward at least. We wanted it to be a big three. Alu-Alu might just Didn't be the end out. of the road yeah. for him. But you at least got your big two right now, and you know it's, it's so much better as a defense when you have both of them playing uh, and at a, a good level, which they both have. I mean, Hayward had a slow start to the year, but he's been coming on
1: strong lately, sure. and I think Ogunjobi's just been really solid all year. Yeah, and and <clears throat> obviously I think it'll improve even further once TJ Watt returns in, in terms of the pass rush and, and run stoppage. But to your to your point, uh Larry O absolutely Chicago must be kicking themselves. Well, maybe not because they just traded away both Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Maybe it's clear that they were just like, They traded
2: Larry O away. Right.
1: Larry O may have ended up a Pittsburgh Steelers whether or not he started the year with Chicago. Uh, But huge, huge opportunity by the Steelers to take advantage of another team's inability to recognize talent with Larry O. But I think a huge key of it is staying healthy because dealing with injuries constantly throughout a career is something that teams take note of, especially this Pittsburgh Steelers. So... If he can stay healthy, I I do see him being a huge, huge piece for the Steelers' defense moving forward. And we've talked about this before. Kind of, you always have to prepare for that next era, right? I mean, the Steelers are obviously doing that right now with Kenny Pickett after Ben Roethlisberger. But you have to look at it on the defensive side of things, too. Cam Hayward is getting up there. And Larry O would be a great transition piece for that defensive line. Once Cam or once Cam retires, Lario can still be around and he can take over as the veteran of that defense, as the anchor of that defensive line. I agree with you. I think in terms of the guys who are up or their contracts are up after this year, in terms of where they are on the on the on the list or the rankings of importance of being bringing back for 2023 and possibly beyond, Lario is right up there, if not at the very top.
0: Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: On the Saints side of things, some key guys that you're looking at, Ingram with a knee, did not practice, the backup running back, again, Kamara's the dude there, though. But mm-hmm. still, you're not going to have the complimentary piece, I don't think. Uh, Jarvis Landry was limited with an ankle. Probably expect to see him maybe get back on the field this week. Marshawn Lattimore did not practice again mm. on Thursday with an ad- abdomen injury. Even if he ends up going, not 100% for sure with Lattimore. And I'd be surprised if he even does go. So that's a huge advantage for the Steelers. Uh, Lattimore's a shutdown guy, but yeah. I think their second fiddle and their third fiddle at that position is a pretty big drop-off maybe. Big day for Pickens. Big day for Deontay out there. You'd like to uh, see that out of either of them. Yep. Uh, Eric McCoy, the center, left the game against the Ravens with mm-hmm. a calf injury and has not practiced all week. What's our old buddy Charlie Batch say? If you leave the game and don't come back, it's, it's probably not likely not that you're play coming next back week. next week. Yeah. So it looks like they'll be at without their center and Ryan Ramchick, their tackle, was a limited participant in practice as well. So banged up on the d- offensive line. Um, Pete Warner, the linebacker, his ankle injury has kept him out of practice all week in the he the Warner, or
1: someone that Matt Williamson always highlights as one of the most underrated dudes really in the league. He's a really good player, man. Yeah.
2: And and Marcus May, a good complimentary piece in that secondary to the Honey Badger. He hasn't practiced all week with right. an abdomen injury as well. Really key guys that are
1: on absolutely on I mean, both sides of the field for them.
2: You've got now Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, who didn't practice yesterday, but that was rest related, mm-hmm. like our Cams was. Right. And <clears throat> and um, did I say the honey badger? the Honey Badger? Yeah. Those are your big three now.
1: Absolutely,
2: dude. They're kind of the Steelers now. Like they're they have they're...
1: A, they have the piece at, at every or they have the key piece at, at every side. But the side. people around yeah.
2: those big three are, are, aren't necessarily as good anymore. And I'll go one step for it further. It's debatable who the the big three-member is in their secondary between Lattimore and Matthew. Those guys are yeah, right Yeah, I guess there they have
1: the there. edge over the Steelers in that regard because the Steelers, it's it's just Minka. But not and in you, this
2: game if these guys are
1: injured. No, but I'm just saying it's just Minka, and you have good guys like Terrell Emens and Cam Sutton, but now the Saints, after acquiring Matthew, now have Matthew and Lattimore. But as you said, Tom, the only one who's probably 100% ready to go on Sunday is Cam Jordan. And the only reason he didn't practice was he and got Mario the— Davis.
2: Davis And Demario Davis. And
1: Davis, sorry. <clears throat> and Demario Davis. You got Veterans Day off for, for Cam Jordan. That being said, go out and beat the Saints. You know, well, so it's short week, because- so they're all going
2: to be hurting anyway. The ones that play, they're going to yeah. be hurting. And they're not going to be at 100%. And I think 100% versus 100% take injuries out of the equation. You're probably able to beat them at home anyway. So Yeah,
1: I, I think— Ugh. both of these teams are, are bad football teams now. They are not. They are 20th or below in terms of comparing to the rest of the NFL. If a team moving forward were to see the Saints or Steelers on their upcoming schedule, that team would probably say, most likely, depending on who you are, majority of teams could say, yeah, I can win that game.
2: Like that cartoon dog where you put the bib on and they have the right. fork and the knife and they're oh, licking the chops while the mm-hmm. steak comes out. That's how they view... Steelers Saints, but I think I think teams like the Ravens, the Bengals coming up, they're looking at the Steelers and they're saying, "Gotta win that game, have to division game. We we have to stack division wins against teams. Well, especially Cincinnati, who's already lost to the Steelers and already lost to the Browns, who are getting that creep back in a couple of weeks. So that game's going to become a little bit tougher for teams that have to face off against Cleveland. I don't wanna say it, Pittsburgh, but you're now the team that the others in the division circle as the must have. The easy win. The must have yeah. win.
1: Yeah, right. Maybe not easy win, but the must have win, I think is better Because I don't think it way. will be easy. No, no, Ravens, no AFC North That Ravens at least one of those Ravens games is coming down to a field goal. And we saw just what was it, last Thursday night or last Monday night? Cincinnati going into Cleveland. All of us just are saying roped Cincinnati. Cincinnati is going to have a great game. It's going to put Cleveland in the dust. They're going to. It doesn't matter when when Deshaun Watson is going to come back. They're going to have too many losses before that point. But they just went out and what, Cleveland just destroyed Cincinnati. It went the entire opposite direction of which we all thought it would. So no AFC North game is going to come easy to any any of the four teams. Before we wrap up this episode again, yeah. we record on
2: Friday uh, morning this time, so it hasn't been official yet. TJ Watt hasn't been activated from the IR, and they have until today to do that. And I, I fully, fully, fully expect it to happen today.
1: What is your reaction? You just want to play this game if it doesn't
2: happen. If it doesn't happen, I mean, aren't we getting close to the point where he has to be out for the season now? I think this so. This 21-day practice period is going yeah. to come and go.
1: So... If that's the case, and we've talked about a, a similar hypothetical before, <clears throat> where if he does get activated, but then something is reactivated with his pec, shut him down for the rest of the year, right? I think you mm-hmm. can you can be honest with yourself and say this isn't the year the Steelers go out and chase for ring number seven. <laughs> you think? So if you risk, if you if you put yourself at risk for losing TJ Watt beyond this season, it's a complete error of of ways on your part right you don't you're fine without him for 2022 because you've already been without him for seven games now and you've won only one of those games without him playing so do not further risk losing the franchise as arguably the best player since ben roethlisberger right
2: i wouldn't argue with that much yeah, most impactful for sure. Yeah,
1: I'd say Ben, just, Troy, just TJ. Just one hardware has yeah. that
2: deep boy. Yeah. Even though
1: Tro- Troy got drafted first, it really was Troy, Ben, TJ. But
2: in that same breath of being careful with him, I want to play him if he's healthy.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But it's it's
2: because that helps your development for twenty twenty three as well. For with sure, him being out there.
1: But let's let's go to the micro level here. If he's not active for this game, how much does that affect your outlook? in terms of winnability.
2: I think they still can win the game, but I'm 50-50 on it. If he plays and is is pretty much 100%, I really think the Steelers are going to win the game. Yeah. I, I just think he makes that much of a difference, especially when you're playing other bad teams. I think he can just be a game wrecker there Matt Williams. I mean, points wins, out he wins games right. like right. he won he the wins Seahawks games, game last exactly. year he really won the Bengals game this year I know yeah, he had right. a lot of help from Minka and other people on the defense but he was the straw that stirred the drink all game for game. sure like he
1: wins games I mean he would have won that game he if I he doesn't he get the hurt,
2: Patriots I bet he beats the Jets
1: yeah I mean you can't tell me that that uh Zach Wilson goes through that game unscathed, like he did. Think about that game without he TJ. Just every time the pressure came, he
2: bailed and threw it away. At least two of those times, TJ's getting him from the ball. Well, let's side. not
1: forget too. Alex Highsmith had a couple of moments where he could, could have, have had him, and he right, left. Right, and, and Zach Wilson just had a little bit of escapability. So imagine <laughs> if that game, he there's oh, no here way. comes Highsmith. Let me just escape <laughs> to my right. Boom.
2: Sorry, oh, TJ's I didn't even there. See number nine. Yeah, either. right. So he just wins games. And, again, another thing we said earlier this week, I'm looking for a big game out of 56 now. If, I agree. 90's out there. I think he can get a couple sacks in this one, a la
1: that Bengals game in the Week 1. Right. And I said this earlier this week. Say TJ Watt kind of has, you remember earlier this season when Dallas, Dallas won a game, and I forget who they played, and Micah Parsons had... Zero sacks and zero quarterback hits. It was the Giants game. Was it the Giants? Yeah. I was gonna say I, I thought it was the Giants. But he was just all he he was the reason why they won. The team finished with like five sacks and like maybe ten quarterback hits, and Micah had zero of those, but he his presence alone allowed for the other guys to get those numbers. I think the same thing can happen here for TJ. TJ can come out with zero, zero tackles, zero quarterback hits, zero sacks. And Alex Highsmith gets two and a half. Cam Hayward gets one, one and a half. Larry O gets one, right? I think I think his, they got to get at
2: least four. At least four. His presence
1: sacks. alone takes away so much focus for the other guys to take advantage of where that focus will be put on TJ. Someone's going to miss Alex Highsmith coming up from the other side, or someone's going to miss Larry O or Cam Hayward coming right down the middle. Also helps your secondary out. I think you're going to get some balls that are going to be interceptable. Yeah, now. I mean, think about think about the pressure that Andy Dalton will be put under. Just was balls. not like yeah.
2: guys like Mac Jones, guys like uh, Zach, I know Mac Jones did throw the pick to, to Minka, but uh, Zach Wilson, you know, they never had that pressure from him to maybe force one in or get one out a second too early. Hell, I go
1: even further. You lost to the Dolphins by six points. Yeah, it was yeah, to his yeah, first yeah, game yeah, back. Yeah.
2: I mean, you're, you're talking about pressure. You don't want You don't think a guy who just came off of a, a bad concussion, who was out for three weeks in the, the eye of the NFL, wouldn't have felt some pain every time oh, T.J. Watt was was breathing down his neck? So, game changer in every sense of the word. Uh, no question about it. And I'm really hopeful that he does get activated. And honestly, I just, as a fan, you know, mm-hmm. still a fan here. And I know that wins and losses don't really matter to me right now. And I I really just want to see a development towards the future. I also would like to have some moments on Sundays where I can hang my hat on and be like, that was fun. And I think some T.J. Watt sacks, some T.J. Watt disruptive natures is going to be fun.
1: Think how much fun that Bengals game was in week one.
2: I actually (laughs) argue that although you need a great offense to win in today's NFL, and don't get me wrong, it's fun. I actually have more fun when the defense Watching dominates. the defense
1: just shuts a team And I'm not down. talking
2: about like, oh, they've only scored f- six points and it's just like a, a nice like three and out. Like I'm talking sacks. I'm talking interceptions. Like, that's fun. Nothing's more exciting to me in the game of football than sack the sack the of a quarterback. quarterback. Especially when you're home. You, you get the big celebration. <laughs> <I'd
1: say> the <laughs> slam. And da, I'd da, say da, da, second to that. The goes crazy. The crowd goes that, crazy. Second to that, if not 1A, 1B, is turning the ball over. Yes. Yes, just such a quick momentum
2: switch. That Absolutely, you, you could have the air from the stadium go from from zero to one hundred.
1: Uh, not the air, but the excitement level in the stadium go from zero to one hundred like that. So, and let's not forget too, and this doesn't matter as much, and and we we acknowledge that. The 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 surrounding elements to this game, if T.J. Watt plays. The crowd reaction to TJ playing. And let's not forget, too, this weekend is, is the Steelers' of unveiling of the Hall of Honor Museum. Plus, it's the induction weekend for the Hall of Honor. Already, the amount of players who have returned for this weekend, are it's ridiculous. Heath Miller is obviously the big name coming out of this class. But as is Myron Cope, guarantee you there will be some Myron Cope-isms thrown out there at the stadium over the loudspeakers. Franco Harris is in town. You can't tell me the stadium is going to erupt seeing Heath Miller, Franco Harris, and a ton of other guys. I bet you Joe Green comes down. He always does. He was here earlier With this in the year. this museum
2: being open and everything, Yeah, he too, was here man. earlier this year. When, I bet he comes back. Speaking of that museum, they cut that ribbon yesterday, man. So that thing is open it's to the open. public. I think the first tours are today.
1: In 20 minutes at 11 a.m.? 20 a. M. minutes,
2: 11 a.m. Yep. Santa's coming to town. (laughs) No, but 11 a.m. first tour at the Hall of Honor Museum. It's open to the public Wednesday through Monday uh, every week. 11 a.m. is your first tour, and it goes to 4 p.m. The last tour will be starting at 3 p.m. Of course, days and hours are subject to change, Everything benefits the Art Rooney Scholarship Foundation or excuse me, the Art Rooney Scholarship Fund. So it goes to a great place. You can go to Steelers.com slash museum to book your tour now. It's located in acroshore Stadium and they got so much fun mm-hmm. stuff. Have you seen that broadcast booth thing? Yeah, it looks awesome. you can go awesome. in and call you know big what's plays funny in too? the history of the Steelers as the broadcasters. Play-by-play play and color guy.
1: I was producing the morning show on DVE earlier today and Mike Prezuda was talking about how much he loved it, and they had Art Rooney on, and Prezuda said, you know what's great about that broadcast booth? If you really want to, you can just change history, right? Uh, a Blake Bortles touchdown? Nope, I'm going to call it intercepted. Incomplete! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the,
2: the, uh, the interception Ben threw against the Patriots after nope. the Jets. Just- oh, no, nope. Jesse James held on to the nope. ball. Jesse James touchdown. got it. It's a touchdown. The Steelers won that game. I like that. It's pretty cool, right? I like right? that <laughs> Let's go revise some history in this broadcast. I so really
1: loved it himself.
2: Seriously, go down to Steelers.com, or go to Steelers.com slash museum, book your tour. To get your tour, And right. go to the Steelers Museum. It's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people put a lot of hard work oh, yeah. into making that happen, including our good friend Labs, team historian. Absolutely. He has his hands all over that, so get down there and check out the museum.
1: This is Got- basically if you gave... If you put a microphone on Bob Labriola and just let him talk for about 10 hours. In museum
2: form. That's what it that's is. That's what happened. So make sure you, you, you check it out. I, I can't wait to go down there and yeah. take my first tour and get in that broadcast booth and change all these historic moments into the positive for the Steelers. Uh, next episode, we'll keep breaking down Saints and Steelers. I got a stat about Najee and Jalen Warren that I don't like. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that dynamic. We'll keep talking about how you beat the Saints. That's all coming up next. He's Jacob Reck. I'm Tom Opperman. You're listening to the Steelers Standard.